Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge, a podcast with a variety of guests from all over the internet talking all things in the gaming industry. Here's your host, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm back. Welcome back to Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson. It's been, well, it's been a month. A lot of things happened that we'll be covering today. Uh, but joining me, we have a brand new guest to kick off Season 7. He is the producer of The Drive on QR Calgary and also a co-worker of mine. Going to fully disclose that right now. He is Matthew McNaughton. Thanks for having me, Tony. Hey, glad to have you here, Matt. Glad to have you. It's, it's nice to have you on, finally, because... You're like one of the only people I talk to about video games at work, so it's nice yeah, to yeah. talk about them on the podcast. And yeah, we can we can kind of be unleashed a little bit. We can let it all out. We don't have to be as restrained <laughs> a little, a little as unhinged. we are at the office. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, since you're brand new here, we get to start off with the loading screen. That's what we're calling it this year, uh, or this season, I guess, where you get to give me your favorite video game, video game character, and video game soundtrack. So this is a hard one. This is actually yeah, it's, a it's hard one. The uh, most loaded question you can ask any gamer, and it's at the start. I I think I have a solid answer for my favorite game of all time. Ooh, all right, let's hear it. I'm gonna have to go with Persona Four. Okay. Okay. I, whether it's whether it's the PlayStation Two version, the original Persona Four, or whether it's Persona Four Golden that is on you know the Vita, and now it's on every console imaginable now yeah um i think that's my favorite game and the reason why is because as i was playing through like i'm 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 a sucker for a jrpg so you know i'm i've got a little bit of bias towards that but there's not as many games i've played where like by the climax of the story i was feeling like raw emotion uh, because of the writing and the character development and like the events we were going through and then of course if you like jrpgs it's just a terrific jrpg uh, to be fair so i gotta say persona 4 is probably my favorite game of all time i've beaten it like 10 times wow uh, yeah i i love that game so so much favorite character is extraordinarily difficult if we're talking like Oh, I don't know. If we're talking like retro games, then, you know, my favorite character might be uh, Samus from the Metroid franchise. Like I grew up playing like Super Metroid and the Metroid Prime games on GameCube. So I love Samus, but I've also been like going hard on like God of War recently. So, I'm, you know, Kratos is my boy. I've been playing Ragnarok and God of War 2016. Like character is really, really hard. <laughs> Um, and then I'm a huge Resident Evil fan, so like it might be Ethan Winters from Resident Evil 7 or 8, because those games are golden, or like Chris Redfield or Jill Valentine. So I, I don't think I could pick one character if I'm being fully honest with you. There's a lot that I love. Gex. As far as soundtrack goes, that's also a difficult one, because uh, it really depends on like what I'm in the mood for. Yeah. Like, if I want to feel epic, then it might be the soundtrack to Monster Hunter World. Um, 
because that game just has so many tracks on it that are like you put that on and you're like yeah i can take on the world i can kill a dragon yeah. the size of a mountain yeah i'm gonna go kill rathalos 50 times so i can ride rathalos the whole point of this game is about ecological preservation, so I'm going to go mass murder an entire species. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, but there's there's a there's a soundtrack that I've been really jamming to lately that everyone needs to check out and listen to. So there's this amazing game that's out right now for PC, uh, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. It's called Warhammer 40K Shooters Blood and Teeth. And it's like it's this Castle Crashers-esque game where you play as a little orc from Warhammer and it's oh like a cartoon God. art style with uh, that you go around all these levels and you play and you have fun. But the soundtrack was done by like heavy metal artists. Oh, that's awesome. And it's <laughs> awesome. If anyone is if anyone's looking for like an amazing song to to get hyped up, uh, one of the soundtracks of the boss is called uh the the last of house canorum and it's like it, it's rad it'll get your blood pumping so that that was a little long-winded but that's what i got to say my picks are for those <laughs> i've got a solid game and then the rest are kind of up in the air okay fair enough i had no clue warhammer did a game like that it is ridiculous and the best part about it is especially for uh i know tony you play on pc um if if one person has it on Steam, your friends can drop in and play it with you without having to purchase the game. Oh, that's sick. Okay. It's I'll so have to sick. Check so, that out now. Yeah. If it goes on sale and like you and the lads are looking for like a fun, I don't know, maybe eight hour co-op experience with some great music and like silly jokes. Uh, yeah. It's worth checking out. It's a lot of fun. Excellent. Well, I have a lot of friends in the game lounge that are Warhammer fans as well. So I guess that works out. Perfect. Excellent. All right. Well, it's time for us to now dive into our headline of the week. And boy, is it a a, a doozy that I don't think a lot of people were expecting. E3 2023 got canceled. And no, this wasn't because of like COVID restrictions or anything. That stuff's all done. Nintendo, Xbox, Ubisoft, PlayStation, Everybody pulled out of the event. And without your heavy hitters there, what do you have? Not not much. So E3 got canned. And it begs the question, is this the downfall of E3? What are your thoughts on this, Matt? <laughs> I think it is. I really think it is. And I didn't want it to be. Because, like, I don't know. Like E3 has been such a huge part of, like, my gaming life ever since. Well, mainly since I've been a teenager. I've mainly been following it since I was, like, in... In high school when I really got more into gaming, but it was just, you know, E3 was like one of the big events. It was like, okay, sick. This is the thing where all the announcements are going to happen. And I think it's the downfall and I think it's the pandemic's fault. And the reason I think that is uh, the pandemic proved to companies that they don't need an external provider for their launches and that they still get at least for the major companies, they still get the eyes. They get just as much of a response online. Exactly, they do man. With having like these grand in-person showcases and can save them money, essentially. Exactly. Um, it's, you know, I think 
The biggest disappointment for E3 being canceled is any of the indie studios because E3 was legitimately huge for them. They could get their booths. They could show off their smaller titles. But the fact of the matter is you need the big players to even justify having the event at all. And, you know, Nintendo was never going to do their own thing. They do their Nintendo Directs. And if they ever do something special, it's going to be in Japan, not America. So they're going to do that. Sony, they have kind of started so, their Sony own. Sony pulled out of the big showcase part of it years yeah. ago. So, yeah. like, Sony hasn't really been, hasn't been there in the sense of they didn't do a showcase. I think they were, like, kind of, like, a few of their things were there in spirit. But, like, never, like, their presence uh stopped after the year they showed last of us two yeah for sure uh, and then as far as microsoft goes i'm not surprised because if they don't have sony to compete with what's the point um they're they're kind of too busy right now trying to sue sony in japan for anti-consumer practices which is ridiculous to me there um, you go. but and then ubisoft trying to acquire blizzard yeah uh and then ubisoft ubisoft they've started to do their own thing they they do their own because Ubisoft is owned by EA, right? No, Ubisoft's their own their own studio. Oh, okay, I thought they were owned by EA. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me. Ubisoft is a big enough company that they can definitely do their own thing for it. So I'm not surprised, and I think that we aren't going to see E3 anymore going forward. Yeah, probably not. But but in its place, you have Summer Games Fest, which is kind of just kind of just washed put e3 is like i would say the big nail in the coffin for e3 as well with summer games fest and jeff Keeley uh doing basically just one grand showcase for everything at the at the start of summer and hey summer games fest for this year has been confirmed for june 8th so when that comes around we'll be covering all those announcements that papa jeff gives us I think that's a wise decision because there were so many events during summers that like, how is a company going to be able to keep up? Like, okay, are they just going to go to all these events and show the same stuff over and over? No, I don't really think that makes sense. So at least as far as Western events go, I think like having a summer games fest and then the game awards each year, with the with the pace that major developers put out titles, I think that's adequate. Yeah, and we also have game uh, Gamescom Gamescom opening night live, which uh, is also set for August. I can't remember what day in August, but that's set as well. And Jeff will be hosting that as well. So you you have like essentially those are your, like your three big events of like general gaming showcases, and of course over the summer. Uh, we will see like probably a Ubisoft showcase, an EA showcase, possibly a Squeenix showcase, and then your Xbox, uh, Nintendo, and PlayStation Direct. Yeah, because we'll they always put play, those We'll out. get a direct. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what this summer's looking like. Uh, honestly, it saves me a, a headache of watching however many live streams at work because I'll probably be, it is less I would probably have been working that E three weekend. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. 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 That's a little bit uh, less stress for you. <laughs> it's a little less stress for me. I because we we I believe it was a year or no two years ago when there was E three again. You know, I'm like, okay, we're gonna do a full E three coverage. I was so burned out watching every single showcase. Like it's it, it was. I noticed that this year. You know, now that I'm working at 
at, at you know chorus here in calgary and all that stuff when i was when it came time for the game awards i had like gotten home from work and then even just watching the whole game awards for the announcements and stuff it was exhausting <laughs> <laughs> i still love watching the game awards same same. Even if the voice actor for Kratos does a nine-hour-long acceptance. Hey, speech. hey, hey, Same. hey! People owe that man Steam. He got nine people Steam decks. Nine. So I think it was between seven and nine people That's got a Steam decks because of that. So uh, <laughs> you know what? Those people need to go find Chris Worth Judge it. and buy the man a coffee at least. Yeah, fair enough. That's that's the headline of the week. It's time for us to now dive into everything else that happened since we were gone. This is the week in review. Recapping the news of last week from major studio highs and lows, TCG updates, board games, and MMOs. This is the week in review. And to kick it off, some of the games that came out this past week, Hogwarts Legacy is now on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One systems. So you you could finally play it, Matt. The 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 million dollar question is: Does it run well enough to merit me buying it? I don't know. I I, I, I genuinely I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, I I, like. I guarantee you, there's gonna be. Yeah, there's gonna be frame dropping. There's gonna be some sus stuff. But if it goes on sale, I will definitely probably pick it up and play it anyway. Because. I'm too poor to upgrade my computer or buy a PS5, so I want to play the <laughs> wizard game. Uh, we also have Meet Your Maker. That came out for everything but the Switch. And Road 96 Mile Zero. A se- I believe it's a sequel to Road 96, that very popular indie game that came out two years ago now? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's So accurate. those both uh, were released as well. As for the world of video game news, we got a lot, so buckle up. Uh, starting off with just your general gaming news, Overwatch Season 4 is uh, happening April 11th. That's when it kicks off. We'll be They'll be bringing in the brand new hero, Life Weaver, and also new skins for everybody because, of course. No, I was just going to say, skins and Overwatch are like the primary source of, of funding. And like, to be fair, there's a lot of really sick skins. Like, I don't know. I, I went hard in Overwatch 1. I had every single D.Va skin because I'm a degenerate, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, Disney's Dreamlight Valley's Pride of the Valley update is out now, adding Simba, Nala, the world of Lion King to the world, and a bunch of other things. God of War Ragnarok got New Game Plus in an update this past Wednesday. And a bunch of other stuff with it. Yes. It got some sick armor. It got, like, new challenges. It got all kinds of dope stuff. So I'm going to be playing that for sure this weekend, dude. Nice. Nice. No Man's Sky had the Interceptor update, which was uh, which added corrupted planets, brand new starships, brand new enemy types. Um, really cool stuff to check out. Definitely check out the trailer if you're interested. Again, No Man's Sky really changed since its launch, and uh, it's doing really well. Uh, the games with uh, coming to Games Pass this month are Minecraft Legends and Ghostwire Tokyo. They're going to be on Games Pass really soon. So if you have that Xbox, take advantage of it because you get so much shit. It's honestly 
Like, if you don't have Game Pass and you have an Xbox, what are you doing? Yeah, it's ridiculous what you get for that. Like, it... it... In April Fool's news, because, hey, last week... Well, a couple weekends ago was April Fool's, April the 1st. Uh, So here's your recap on everything that happened. First off, Sega released the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's right. They killed the bastard. I want to play that so bad because it looks so goofy. It looks it's so free. goofy. It's free on Steam. Yes. So it's uh, honestly, I played it. It's a very good quality visual novel. Uh, definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Uh, Asus made an air fryer. It's the Tough Turbo Max 4090. Is that so? Is this a real air fryer that you can purchase? No, I believe it's they made they made the visual for it, but I don't believe they actually made one. Oh my god! If gosh. they did, though, I'm looking at they did. I'm though, looking Asus at pictures for it right now. Uh, yeah, I would buy an Asus air fryer, but it would probably Hell get scalped yeah. immediately anyway. So oh, it know. would. Oh yeah, absolutely it would. <laughs> uh, PUBG made a very special, bizarre battle royale with some kaiju chickens and burning zombies. Uh, they do this every April Fools of like making a special game mode for the day. Razer made an actual razor called called the Razer Razor, which is the world's first shaving mouse. Overwatch made some funny character tweaks uh, and voice line changes. And Magic the Gathering Arena replaced the entire field with a school desk from 1993. That's actually kind of like the coolest one. It's like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. It's you yeah, know, I dig that. for all those old school that. magic fans. I wasn't born yet, but I I, I feel that still. <laughs> you know, I wasn't either, so don't worry about it. It's, it's okay. <laughs> uh, in some delayment news, Arc Two has been delayed to next year now. However, a remaster of Arc is uh, scheduled for next gen consoles. It's called Arc Survival Ascended. So we'll at least be getting one dinosaur game this year. Yeah. And is it Arc 2 or Arc Survival Ascent of the It's Arc 2 that has Vin Diesel in it, right? Yes, Arc 2 has Vin Diesel. Yeah. The he I, I don't know, it's just weird to me seeing Vin Diesel in a video game because he already kind of looks like a CG character. So it's <laughs> it's strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh Live Alive. Hey, it's coming to other consoles finally. PS4, PS5, and PC, April 27th. No longer a Switch exclusive after that time. Um, in some showcase news, the PC Gaming Show will be returning June 11th. The Five Nights at Freddy's movie has a release date. October 27th this year. I hope it's good. I'm going to go see that movie. I'm absolutely like, going to go like see Scoop, it. I just killed a bunch of children. <laughs> uh, I'm just excited yeah. for Matthew Lillard. Yeah, like it's I love that he's in it and the, the the studio making it Blumhouse. I really enjoy I'm a huge horror movie fan, Tony. I'm a huge horror movie fan. So I like I don't know, it's got a lot of good things going for it, and I hope it doesn't suck. <laughs> same, same. Uh in some I guess business news, FaZe Clan lost one of its biggest backers, Snoop Dogg. Uh, he also resigned from their board, and these clan stocks are down, like, a lot. 
Uh, Dexerto is also reporting that FaZe Clan has been served with a deficiency notice by NASDAQ, threatening to delist it from the exchange unless it can keep its share price above $1 for 10 consecutive days in the next half year. I don't know how a company like FaZe could try to remain to be profitable. It's it's hard enough. Like it's hard enough to be a profitable esports organization even when your sole focus is competitive esports. I'm sure there's like league teams that do it great because, you know, the prize pools for league are insanely high, but with all the branching out and all the things that FaZe was trying to do, I don't know how like this doesn't surprise me. This doesn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me either. Uh, in some layoff news, EA laid off 700 employees, which was about 6% of their video game workforce. Only 6%? Yeah. They have a lot of employees. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, hey, in some Nintendo news, Tears of the Kingdom, it had a very special 13-minute uh, showcase, which showed off Link some of Link's new abilities including the ability to put a mushroom on a shield or to put one stick on another stick and make it a longer stick. I cannot. So I like Breath of the Wild is not my favorite Legend of Zelda game, but it is my favorite Legend of Zelda game to watch speed runs. Um, yeah, because the Breath of the Wild is so goofy and I guarantee you, speedrunners are going to find some way to absolutely break Tears of the Kingdom with that new fuse ability, and it's going to be hilarious, and I cannot wait. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, you're going to be able to put a mushroom on the Master Sword. <laughs> God. Uh, hey, in an update to the Microsoft Blizzard situation, Japan's the fifth country to approve the acquisition. Uh, the other countries are Chile, Brazil, Serbia, and Saudi Arabia. Also, Microsoft confirmed that it signed a binding 10-year legal agreement to put Call of Duty on Nintendo platforms on the same day as Xbox with full feature and content parity. Why? I don't know. I, I don't know who was asking for that either. Like, that's just it, man. Like, I remember, you know, maybe it was the fault of the Wii U because that console severely underperformed. But, like, they tried to put, what was it? I think Black Ops 2 on the Wii U. They put, no yeah, one they bought tried, that. They did that. They, they put a Splinter Cell. I mean, they put a Splinter Cell game on there, like the most recent Splinter Cell, because I think that was the last one. Uh, what was it? Shadow Blacklist? Shadowless? Something like that. Something? I think it was Blacklist. I think you're right. But it's just, like, I just, I don't know anyone who owns a Switch who's like, I can't wait to play the new Call of Duty. I, yeah. I don't I, get it, man. I mean, to be fair, I think Call of I think they're just trying to, you know, reach their audience of children. <laughs> well, and, and like, uh, this is a no-lose situation for Nintendo. Because True. Nintendo gets played a stupid uh, gets paid, pardon me, a stupid amount of money for them to put the games on the console. And if the yeah. games do successfully get on the console, um, then people buy it and Nintendo makes money. And if the games don't make it and like Activision screws up or whatever, um, then I'm sure Nintendo can find them and make more money. So it's just it. I don't know. Yep. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, some other rapid-fire headlines. The Dolphin emulator is coming to Steam. It'll be... it's. I believe it's in beta right now. Multiversus is dead. You can't buy the game anymore. They've unlisted it. It's gone. It will return early 2024, however. Uh, Pokemon Horizons, the brand new anime without Ash, but there is Captain Pikachu. We got the first trailers for that. They're all in Japanese, though, because, again, the English uh, anime has not caught up yet. It looks really good. It, it looks interesting. Uh, I'm probably going to check. I'll probably check it out to see what the fuck is going on. Uh, TMNT, The Last Ronin, is becoming a video game, a very popular uh, manga or comic series for the turtles i'm so excited for this one dude the, the last ronin oh it's good it's, yeah, it looks I, I i'll be intrigued once i see a trailer for it fair enough uh counter-strike 2 is coming out in the summer of this year as valve show showed that off and it's like oh shit valve's actually doing something it only took them 45 years wow yeah uh and last week because i forgot team? to yeah. <laughs> and lastly, Persona 5X was revealed as a Persona mobile game. Uh, there is gameplay footage out as it's in a like closed beta in Japan right now. Uh, so it's it's got gotcha mechanics for characters and for weapons. Um, but it essentially plays like Persona 5, but with new characters. And I'm mad that I'm going to play it. I oh, same. I same. hate mobile it, games. I hate gotcha games. But I just I love Persona and like I like the new character designs. And as long as it's not too scummy, I'm probably gonna have fun with it. So I'm I'm playing it. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I believe the owl's name is Luffy or something like that as well. So it, it'll be interesting. Uh, moving on to some live service game news. I'm uh, going to start off with our Battle Royale news. Aaron Yeager will be in Fortnite after the 11th as part of the next Battle Pass for the game. And in Final Fantasy XIV news, spoiler alert now, if you do not want to hear anything I'm about to say, please skip ahead as I will cover a majority of what was announced in this, the live letter showcasing what's coming in the 6.4 update. Uh, the title of the update is The Dark Throne. It's set to release in late May, which means realistically middle of this month to the or the end of this month is when we'll probably see the start of the next Moogle Treasure Tomestone event to get some cool mounts, minions, and all that stuff from running Aurum Vale however many times as Blue Mage. Uh, we're getting more Manderville quests and the next step of the Re Manderville relic weapons. The brand new dungeon is the Aetherfront. The brand new trial is the Voidcast Die, which, uh, Matt, have you played Final Fantasy games before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up on, uh, I, I vividly remember back in, um, uh, oh, God, what year was it? I remember going to Best Buy in 1998 with my family and my brothers picked up a PS2, um, maybe not a PS2, I forget, but we also picked up a copy of Final Fantasy VII. And so I grew up on like Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VI, uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I love Final Fantasy. Okay, yeah. so did you, did you ever play Final Fantasy IV? 
absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you'll be you'll enjoy this as the the brand new boss in the Voidcast die is Golbez. What? Oh yeah. So I, I don't know the whole I don't know the whole context of exactly okay. the post Endwalker stuff yet because I have not reached post Endwalker. I'm actually haven't sure. even touched Endwalker at all yet. But post Endwalker, I know that you fight the four elemental lords. You fight uh, uh, Cagnazzo and oh god, what's his name? You, you fight the water and the the earth one in the two du- in two dungeons. And Barbarisha and Rubicante are other bosses that you fight in trials. Sick. And so we you've bested all four, and Golbez is next. I don't know what the context for all of this is. I'm looking forward to it when I get to fight them myself. But Golbez, he'll be coming in the 6.4 update as the next boss in the game. Uh, the next Unreal trial is Zervon as part of the, the third Warring Triad member that we have to fight in the Unreal trials. Uh, Pandemonium Anabasios, the last part of the raid, uh, will be added, and the Savages of Anabasios will be added a week later. Mount Rokon is a brand new Criterion variant dungeon that we'll get to see, uh, sort of like the Sildil Subterrain, if I'm remembering that correctly. Uh, brand uh, new duty support for the main for the MSQ Stormblood Dungeons, so you can solo those dungeons now without waiting in a party finder if you don't want to. Blue Mage is getting a huge overhaul as it's getting 10 more levels, finally going up to level 80. Uh, and also, of course, adding Shadowbringer spells so you can uh, now fight stupid, sexy Vothri uh, and get his sword attack. Also getting new ocean fishing spots. As well, uh, from Stormblood, so you can go to go go to Kugane and fish for some exotic Japanese style fish or other things, and of course, just level up your fisher if it's not already at level ninety. Uh, and also, uh, patch seven point we're gonna be getting a graphical update at the North American Fan Fest event, which happens July twenty eighth and 29th in Las Vegas. Um, so look forward to that as well. If, if you're going to FanFest also, congrats. I know that getting tickets to FanFest was chaotic, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, so if you got tickets, congrats. And this is where the spoilers end for Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, moving on to TCG news. In Pokemon, Origin Form Palkia V-Star, the League Battle Deck. That's coming out May 5th. And the next TCG set, Scarlet and Violet Paldea Evolved, comes out June 9th. We are finally seeing, as we it's now April, the Scarlet and Violet TCG have arrived. Uh, the cards are cool. Uh, if you've been getting good pulls, GG's. If you haven't, uh, pray to RNG's is harder. <laughs> In Yu-Gi-Oh! news, starting off with our Master Duel updates, the new Battle Pass will be out on either the 11th or the 12th. Uh, where we'll be able to get the brand new icon, background, and dual mate. Uh, although I don't know what that will be yet, but we'll have that detail for you next week for sure. In the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG news, the Legendary Collections 25th Anniversary Edition comes out April 20th, Cyberstorm Access on May 4th, Wild Survivors on June 2nd, and Battles of Legend Monstrous Revenge on June 21st. And in Magic the Gathering news, 
March of the Machine drops April 21st. March of the Machine, The Aftermath on May 12th. Shadows over Innistrad Remastered comes to Magic the Gathering Arena mid-2023. Wilds of Eldraine come out quarter three of this year. And in just some general Magic the Gathering news, Soul Spike, a black a card, uh, saw an 1,800% raise going from less than a dollar to $14. One of the biggest price spikes for a Magic the Gathering card. Oh. And it has uh, to the next be some like crazy competitive card, right? I, I would assume so. I would assume yeah. so. Like it had to see some viability for it to raise this much. Totally. And yeah. the next uh Secret Lair set is a collaboration with DD Honor Among Thieves. So now you can have Chris Pine as a magic, the gathering card. Good for him. And lastly, in some board game and tabletop news. Golden Demon, which is the largest Warhammer painting competition. That was held last month at Adepticon. Neil Hollis won the top prize, uh, which was the Legendary Slayer Sword. Settlers of Catan creator Klaus Tuber has passed away at age 70. And D&D had an official... I guess, Well, actually, they had a whole D&D Direct uh, talking about the future of D&D 1 and like things to come. And also a Minecraft collaboration with Minecraft Bedrock. My, basically, DLC in Minecraft, that's D&D. And also, they made official stat blocks for all the Minecraft mobs. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say, as far as the tabletop board gaming news, if you guys want to see something incredible, you should check out Neil Hollis's Slayer Sword painting uh, miniature. I have never seen a plastic model with just paint look like it's made of actual metal like this before. It's nuts. It's really, really sick. Dang. Okay. Good to know. Uh, but that's it for the week in review. That was everything that happened since we were gone. Plus, just in the past week itself. It's time for us to now jump ahead and look ahead to what's coming out and what should be on your radar from April 10th to April 16th. From upcoming AAA titles, promising indies, and the random shovelware, here's what should be on your radar. Starting off on Monday, no game releases. On Tuesday, Sherlock Holmes The Awakened Remake comes out on everything, and Tron Identity makes its way to the Switch and PC. On Wednesday, Ghostwire Tokyo releases for the Series X. Murderous Muses comes to everything but the Switch. Rusted Moss comes to the PC, and Wild Frost comes to the PC and Switch. On Thursday, A Night in the Attic comes to PC VR. Hunt the Night comes to the PC. Kill It With Fire VR comes to PC VR and PS VR 1 and 2. Shardpunk Verminfall comes to the PC, as well as Trinity Fusion and Voodolls. And lastly, on Friday, D-Exit makes its way to everything but the Switch. And Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection comes to the Switch, PlayStation 4, and PC. And those are all the games coming out next week. The, the Battle Network Legacy Collection is one of my most anticipated releases of the year. Dang, like, I'm really? I'm so excited. Yeah, I grew up. I, I still have every single Battle Network game for the Game Boy Advance. And I still, like, go back and, and play them. I've even got Mega Man Battle Network 5 for the DS as well. Um, I love Mega Man Battle Network, dude. I'm so stoked. I remember watching the anime for it. The anime was so good! 
it was weird. Uh, it was weird to see that. It's like, this is Mega Man? I thought he yeah. was more blue. But uh, yeah, that's uh, honestly, that's kind of like the big thing as well this week is Mega Man uh, Battle Network Legacy Collection. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo coming to Series X. Obviously, uh, that's a hu- that's big for the Xbox people. Hope you guys are excited to play that if you've just been on Xbox all this time. Kill it with Fire VR. If you have a fear of spiders, don't play that game because that's what the game is. You're killing spiders with fire. There's a lot of spiders. They won't hurt you, but you know, if you have a fear of spiders, don't play it. <laughs> but you get you get to blow up a gas station. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, that's it for what should be on your radar. It's time for us to now move on to our main focus this week. Uh, here's what we're talking about this week in the Game Lounge. Covering anything from modern and retro games to the hard-hitting questions that define the gaming world, here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. And our first topic of the day, uh, it's actually a very funny day that we're recording this. Uh, Later today, Matt, you are going to go see the Mario movie. Yes, I am. I'm very excited for it. I got my tickets already purchased. I'm going to see it in Cineplex VIP because I'm an adult. And I get to enjoy this silly little video game movie like an adult. But I am like super, super excited for it. Heck yeah. It's I am excited for it as well. I'll actually be seeing it on the Monday. As you're listening to this episode, if you're listening to this episode on the Monday, I'm actually seeing the movie today. Ooh, so nice. Okay. Yes. But uh, if, if for, for day of recording this, I am seeing this on the uh, the 10th. That is that is the date that I am seeing this movie, uh, which it, it's a little later than everybody else. Uh, if you want to hear, like, we're going to be talking about, like, our expectations for this movie. So uh, if you've already seen this movie, definitely go definitely let us know how accurate we were or how inaccurate we were about our expectations. But if you want to hear, like, a proper review of the movie, I can semi-spoil this i'm gonna pro- shamelessly promote my good friend nick green aka no score the host of the no score review show he'll be doing an episode of the mario movie because i was actually asked beyond that but i have not seen the movie yet so uh go check out that episode of the no score review show uh it should be out uh, i would assume relatively soon after this uh, podcast episode is out so I think the first question we should start with, Matt, how did Nintendo do with promoting this movie? I don't think they could have done much better. They were doing press events. They were releasing little bits, little trailers. I think the only thing that they maybe could have done better for their promotion was uh, now. Listen, okay, I am not one of these people who like sees Chris Pratt and like gets a torch and a pitchfork and gets stupidly angry because chris pratt exists which the internet does for some reason but i think the only thing they could have done stronger to promote the movie from the beginning was have a very clear clip of his mario speaking because that was where a lot of the apprehension for the movie i think first kind of floated around was okay how is mario gonna sound the fact that Charles Martinet wasn't cast as Mario was a bit of a red flag for a lot of people. Um, so I think if they had like a more solid clip of him doing his his wahoos and his yippies and stuff uh, would have dispelled some of the 
nerves around it. But other than that, I thought their trailer release timing was great. I thought they did a lot of good stuff. Uh, they, they, they slowly but surely announced a few things over the course of a couple different Nintendo directs. They did some trailer drops. Um, the actors were doing well at promoting it. So I, I thought promo wise, it was pretty solid, especially for Nintendo's first movie. Cause like this is whole new territory for them. Yeah. Nintendo's first like movie where they're involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course there's the 93 one, which is uh we don't, we don't talk about that. We, we, we don't talk. We don't talk about Bruno. No. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I had, to, I had to make the joke. Um, have you been spoiled on anything that has not been shown in the trailers? I have not. And I don't know how. Wow. Okay, so thankfully I only had two minor ones and it's honestly like they're kind of cool, not gonna lie. Okay, okay, okay. And I got spoiled I... by one because of a certain Grant Kirkhope tweeting about oh, yeah. not getting okay. some credation in the, the in the movie for a certain song that's in the movie. That's yeah, you know what? I I do know that one. I do know what you're talking about. And I agree with Grant Kirkhope. It's kind of bullshit that he's not in the credits. Yeah. You used his song. Come on. You you, you used, I'm just going to say, it. you used the DK rap. I'm excited that the DK rap got in the movie. Let's go. Yeah. Like, it's so, it's so sick. I know everyone clowns on that, but I remember like loading up my N64 with Donkey Kong 64 and just getting so hype when that song came on, dude. Like, give the man some love. Chunky. He's dead. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Poor no, dude, Yeah, Kong. so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the DK rap. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I don't know anything else about the movie. So when I go see it tonight, I'm going in pretty much blind and I'm really, really excited. Heck, yeah uh what are you what are you hoping to see in the movie what are your expectations yeah my expectations are that it will be an okay movie that you are gonna like a lot more if you like mario and um one of the games that i play more than any other game is mario kart 8 deluxe on the switch i i'm a huge mario kart fan i've got every single mario kart game like i own physical copies of every single mario kart game um I play Mario Kart 8 all the time. So I'm really excited for the segment of the movie that oh, yeah, this isn't a spoiler. Yeah, it's in the trailers. They're on Rainbow Road. It's a big chase scene. That looks awesome. Um, I'm really, really hoping. I, I don't know if this is too big of an expectation, but I hope they do the platforming like John Wick does action, if that makes any sense. Like... <laughs> really choreograph some fun goofy segments through these wacky levels of mario and like go hard with it like because it's a video game you can be silly so i want to see that and um i think it'll be solid it's not a long movie it's only like an hour and 45 minutes which is pretty dope um and also i want i want i don't think he's gonna be in it very much but I love Luigi, so I want my boy Luigi to have a, some nice moments. That's fair. Those are all pretty fair. What are your thoughts on its uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score? The the critics score came out, I think it was like a 48 or a 58. 
yeah, I I'm not gonna lie, Tony. I have not cared about critic scores of movies in years. In years. Um, especially because like I read a couple of the critical reviews of it, and people are saying, like, uh, you know this movie's story is paper thin and it's all that. It's a fucking Mario movie. Like when you boot up super Mario Odyssey, are you playing that game for the story? No, no, you're not. If I want story, I'll put on persona four or like God of war Ragnarok, or I'll put on like the last of us. When I put on Mario, I want the yahoos and the yippies and the let's goes. And I want to, kill indiscriminate amounts of goombas and turtles you know i don't care about the story for this game i care about the voice acting and the set pieces the choreography the level design all that stuff and if it's faithful to the games i think it's going to be a great movie because the audience review tony is at a 96 percent oh they finally released the audience review okay at the time of writing the the outline for this the audience review still wasn't written yet I'll, I'll tell you right so, now, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes great. right now. And so it, the critical score got a little bit better. It's up to 55% with 177 reviews. But the audience score is 96% with over 2,500 reviews. So, Okay. I, I trust that more, if I'm being frank. Yeah, I, <laughs> I trust the gamers on this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just like the Sonic movie. Like... I trusted the audience more on that because the gamers are the ones who want to go see the Sonic movie. It's simple as that. I still need to watch the Sonic movies, but I can say this. I am excited for the third one that comes out next year. They're good, dude. They're super, super good. Uh, The only way to to watch watch them them. is Paramount Plus, which is stupid, but um, they're really good. Like, I enjoy them. I'm excited for Shadow the Hedgehog. I hope they give him a gun. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Give him a gun, you cowards. <laughs> Even if it's just like a scene where he's holding the gun and he throws it away because he has no clue what the fuck he, it is or how to use it. I think just giving the audience that would be more than enough to have people go, yeah, best movie ever. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> um. Yeah, dude, I just give him a gun. Yeah, just give him a gun, and it's going to get a flawless, both critical and audience rating. Guaranteed. Exactly. That's that's all that's all Paramount needs. <laughs> it's, that's all they need. Um, anything else you want to add about going into the Mario movie uh, for our expectations or anything? I genuinely hope this movie makes a lot of money. And the I mean, reason why I want it to on make pace to be the first yeah, blockbuster yeah. of the year, it's 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 making great money so far. Um, uh, and the reason why I want it to make even more is because I want Nintendo. Nintendo, if something doesn't work for Nintendo, they get terrified of it and won't do it again for so so long. If it yeah. doesn't work out well, and it's really stupid of them to do. So I want this movie to make money and to be successful because purely selfishly, I want a Luigi's Mansion movie. Luigi's Mansion 1, 2, and 3 are in my top favorite Nintendo games of all time, and Charlie Day's Luigi is perfect. 
I want a Legend of Zelda movie. I want a Metroid movie. Give Donkey Kong a solo movie. Make a solo movie based on Donkey Kong 64 with Diddy and Dixie and Lanky and all them. Like, make it. Because I will happily go see them. Yeah. Who is dead? That's how the movie starts. That's how the the movie starts with Chunky's funeral, and they have to they have to solve Chunky's murder. Oh my god! Oh my god! Make it happen, dude! I will go give us the Nintendo. Honestly, here's the thing: if they start this, we could get the Nintendo Cinematic Universe and possibly get the Smash Bros. movie that we've always wanted. Exactly, dude. And like, you don't even have to do full movies because, like, for example, I don't think Kirby would work as a movie. But if they did, like, you know, I mean, here's the thing: they already have Kirby. We already have Kirby Media, though. We have Kirby right back at you. We don't need a Kirby movie. We already have the Pokemon franchise dealt with as well. Those are fine. We just leave those be. And then the Smash Bros. movie comes along and you bring them in through that. The only thing I would say is, don't get me wrong, I love Kirby right back at you. It's an amazing show. I've watched it both in English and Japanese many times. But, like, I would want them to, like reboot it and do like a season or two on like netflix or something to get people hype again you know pokemon is hyper easy, realistic kirby yeah just painfully <laughs> photorealistic kirby hi <laughs> yes a super smash bros movie where like ganondorf and bowser and like all these villains are like trying to ruin the Nintendo universe would be sick. It would be. Just give us the subspace emissary as a movie. Oh my god! With voice yes, acting. dude. Come on, Nintendo. You, come on. You just talk to Sakurai. He'll he'll be the one to go to on it. Sega needs to give Shadow a gun, and Nintendo needs to make the subspace movie. And if they don't, they're cowards. They are. Abs- they absolutely are. <laughs> um, okay well with that that is time for us to move on to our second topic of the day Resident Evil 4 the remake so have you been playing it I have not yet I have not played it yet just because I'm waiting to get paid again so I can pick up my copy of it but this was a remake that um, and, and to preface I'm a huge huge Resident Evil fan I have the collector's edition of the resident evil 2 remake i've platinumed resident evil 7 and 8 and i'm working on the platinums for resident evil 2 and 3 and i'm gonna platinum resident evil 4 i love resident evil so much one of my probably my second favorite game of all time is the resident evil 1 remake for the gamecube just behind persona 4 so i i love resident evil and the reason why i wanted to talk about this before I've played it is because I wanted to focus the topic less on Resident Evil 4 remake as like a game and as an experience because Capcom has been knocking it out of the park. So I'm sure the game is going to be terrific, but it's whether or not the remake needed to happen because like I understand remaking Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 because those games were those like retro, uh, what's I think it's called an isometric camera perspective where you can't actually move the camera like it's that fixed camera perspective they're these old school games so i understand remaking those but resident evil 4 
was this legendary 3D third-person action horror shooter game that everyone thought was a perfect game. So was the necessity there to remake the game? I think I think with this one, it was either it, this one could have been remade or it could, it could have, they could have passed on it. I feel like this one could have gone either way. I think a lot more people are glad that it got remade, but I don't think it absolutely needed the remake. And what I will say, and the thing that I'm most keen on is uh, now it, I, I will not be giving out spoilers because I don't actually know any spoilers for the game. I've done a really good job of keeping myself uh, insulated I, from I them. saw one spoiler. Ashley's big ass ears are not in this game. God. Damn I'm it. sorry. I'm unplayable sorry. Unplayable now. Fuck. <laughs> um, no, it's that. So, like, it, to my understanding, they are tweaking the plot of the game. Yes. Not so much the plot of, like, like the core plot is Leon goes to Spain, rescues Ashley. That's That doesn't change, obviously. That's the crux of the game. But... Uh, they've changed the character of Luis. He's got an updated role in the story. I believe they're changing uh, Albert Wesker, who is like the most legendary bad guy of Resident Evil. They're changing up Wesker's involvement. So there are apparently some like key plot elements that they are updating, which means they might remake Resident Evil 5 and hopefully Resident Evil 6 because Resident Evil 6 fucking sucked. Um... So maybe we will see more remakes or alternate games come out now that they are tweaking the plot. And that's what I'm curious about. That's what I think is interesting about this whole thing. What are your thoughts on the on remakes in general when games come to get remade? I'm really torn on it because there's a there's a fine line between like a remake of a game and a like and a cash grab. And that was that's the whole thing about about Resident Evil 4 that I was always on the fence about because like I said, when they remade well, when they remade Resident Evil 1, they kept the same traditional perspective of the game, but they just made all the graphics better with voice acting. But when they remade Resident Evil 2 and 3, they remade them to be third-person action games instead of those isometric perspective yeah and that is a remake i can get behind because you're altering the experience for a new generation and like you can play the original resident evil 2 as its own thing or you can play the new resident evil 2 as its own thing whereas with with resident evil 4 the core of the game is still a third person horror action game. And that's where from like from, from a story perspective, fair enough, I can understand it, but we play video games for the mechanics and for the, for the experience of playing a game. Right. So like how much of the experience will be changed in a way that really warrants a full-on remake. That's that's what I'm put on the fence about. So if if a remake is, you know, it's got a lot of fundamental changes and brings a whole new experience, I'm all for it. Go ahead. But if you're not changing that much, I'm fine with just a remaster if the game is that good. 
that's fair as well. But I believe, but I believe RE4 has already gotten technically its HD remaster as well. It definitely has, and it's terrific. It's absolutely terrific. If anyone wants the definitive experience of the original Resident Evil 4, you can get it on PS4 and Xbox and PC, and I think they're on. Uh, PS5 and next-gen Xbox and all that stuff, too. It's on the bloody Switch, for goodness sake. You can play it on Switch. So you definitely can play the HD ones now, and they are worth it, but the new one is also probably worth it. It's weird. It's weird. It's a weird gray area, I find, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Would you... So Capcom... Capcom seems to have this art of remake remasters remakes down to a pretty good art at this point, considering they've had a they've probably had the best streak of remakes compared to like other studios. Are there any other Capcom games you would like to see remade? Ooh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um remade uh maybe uh continued yes capcom needs to get off their ass and dig up the grave that is mega man and please do (laughs) something with our boy with the blue bomber um whether it's like a remake of like um, where's mega man 12 yeah literally i like mega man 11 for what it was to be fair i i um uh I really do like, uh, you know, those games. Uh, the Mega Man Legends games were terrific. So I would love to see a, a modern remake of Mega Man Legends. Uh, those are some classic PlayStation 1 games that if you're a fan of Mega Man, you need to remake. So I'd love to see those remade. Um, you know, I... Oh, gosh. Now that I'm on the spot, I'm trying to think of Capcom games. You brought up the point of like things to continue. I'm like, I, I guess I agree more with like a continuation. I would love because they uh, Nintendo announced that Professor Layton's coming back. I would love like an actual like new Ace Attorney. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ace Attorney needs to get something sick. Oh my god, an obvious contender, Okami. Ooh yeah. Okami would look beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like I have Okami on the Switch, and like Okami is an exceptional game. But we, did we get Okami need HD as well. Yeah, yeah, we need a real sequel to Okami, and I would love to see Okami remade with like beautiful modern graphics because that game would look. I, I like the art style is a huge part of the charm of the first Okami, and I think they could modernize it while keeping that art style, and it would look stupidly stupidly good dude i think we're looking incredible that it would it definitely would maybe they could i mean they could give us uh the remake uh, a remake of okami den the, the the first sequel of okami yeah I, I wouldn't mind that i wouldn't mind that at all and then i'm not gonna lie they should remake devil may cry one two and three oh uh, okay i i actually remake the first just remake the first four give us uh like like, because technically DMC five is like is so different than the other four that they should just give us all four. I think I think DMC four still holds up, but honestly, yes, it still holds up. Like of the of the four, it holds up the best. Oh, so definitely sure. one, two, and three should get remade. Maybe I don't know redoing the story of the second one as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. 
but if they did remake four as well i'd be cool with it i'd super be cool with it i i like i love the original three i've got some fond memories of those like playing those on playstation 2 with my brothers but um i went back and i played through all of them recently and like oh god i there were a couple times where i just had to like walk away from my ps4 i was like I, oh my god this is so rough <laughs> i know how you feel because i i've played them for the first time not that long ago all five games and gotta say those first three i love i love three for what it is but they de- like with updated combat i would probably love it even more and but what it wanted into one d one would i feel like the first Zelda like i would benefit the most from a remake because then it wouldn't because it feels too much like a resident evil game yeah it does and i believe uh i could be wrong about this but i believe devil may cry one was supposed to be resident evil four yes uh in early development and then they were like Oh, Resident Evil fans are probably going to hate this. <laughs> and, um, and they shifted gears. So you're absolutely right. It's got a little bit of that Resident Evil feel. And like like I said, I still enjoy I have I have severe nostalgia bias for Devil May Cry 1. I do, so I will admit that. But yeah, it really needs a touch of the modern uh to to make it worth wanting to go back and play over and over. And 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 a Virgil mode. <laughs> god everything's better with very chill bury the night deep within <laughs> uh i last... am the storm that is a <laughs> oh, i love those memes, okay okay the south and isolation <laughs> it is the best song in the franchise it's so like, good <laughs> like devil trigger doesn't stand like cl- doesn't even stand close to it nope like nope <laughs> bury the light is is where it's at and that's where yeah. it always will be big at. facts dude uh, big facts. last question i have for you on this topic dream remake what is it persona 3 simple as that that's a good one and there there are rumors that apparently that that like it's in the works possibly and because I'm I'm going to break down why it needs to happen. And there are two major reasons why it needs to happen. Now, I know that Persona 4 is my favorite Persona, but the reason why it doesn't need a remake as bad is because of the core combat mechanics of Persona 4. Um, for those of you listening who have not played the Persona games, Persona 3 is a lot of people's favorites, but Persona 3 is plagued by two issues. Um, In the first release of Persona 3, which was for the PlayStation 2, you could not independently control your party members. Uh, It's a JRPG, of course, so, you know, turn-based combat system. You can control your main character, but in the PlayStation 2 release of Persona 4, your party members, you can assign them commands, but they don't necessarily follow it because they act on their own free will. Now, it's a brilliant concept, and it was an innovative concept, and I applaud uh, Atlas for trying something like that. I think it was great. However, it just doesn't hold up because it's the PlayStation 2 and the AI fucking sucks, okay? There are party members in Persona 3 for the PlayStation 2 that you literally don't bring with you because they only use status moves that don't affect enemies. Like, it's bad. It's really bad. 
but the Persona 3 PlayStation version has all the full graphics and exploration. Now, they did a re-release of Persona 3 for the PlayStation Portable. Uh, Persona 3 Portable, and it added some incredible things. They added a second main character, so you could pick between playing as a male protagonist or a female protagonist, which did change the story a little bit, and it, it's it's awesome. And they gave you full control over your party. So when you are in combat, you as a player have complete control over your commands, your your attacks, all that stuff. However, it was a fucking PlayStation Portable game. So whenever you're not in combat, the game is a visual novel. So they've removed so much of the Persona experience. So there's no definitive way to play Persona 3. Furthermore, they made the Persona dancing games. And they made a Persona 3 dancing game. So they have HD 3D models for every major character in Persona 3 all ready to go. Except the dog. Ex- except the dog. That is that is fair. That They need to give us our boy Koromaru. I love Koromaru. He is a good boy. He can do it no wrong. It is highway robbery that boy. they did not give us Koromaru in the dancing game with Ken. Yeah, it's it's bullcrap. Frankly, uh, it, it was ridiculous. So they need to make Koromaru, obviously. But they have all the tools there. Persona 5 has made a stupid amount of money. They've re-released Persona 4 Arena, and they've got the dancing games. So I think a perfect remake in a modern style a la Persona 5 would be Persona 3, and it would, it would be... I feel like this is exactly this as what well, I'm... it would be the ultimate Persona yeah. game. Because you have people yeah. say, arguably say the story of Persona 3 is the best one. The gameplay mechanics of Persona 5 are the best. So putting those two together, you got yourself a, a, a match made in heaven. And that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say a remake really needs to create a fundamentally new experience. And a remake of Persona 3 would create the definitive way to play Persona 3. If they remade Persona 3, I would genuinely believe there's no reason to play the originals. Unless you're a completionist like I am. Or you you, know, you want to go back and play play it for good old times. Yeah, play it for the classics. Like I, I know, like there are some voice actors who are different in the originals and and all that stuff. Like for example, in um in the PlayStation Two version of uh, Persona Four, I believe it's Troy Baker who voices uh, one of the characters, but he's replaced by Matt Mercer in Persona oh, Four. Oh, Kaji! Wait, Ka- yeah, did Kaji, Troy Baker Kaji. originally voiced Kaji. I thought it was yeah, always Troy Baker. Uh, Troy Baker was the original Kanji. Um, and then for whatever reason, when they made Persona 4 Golden, I think there was a scheduling conflict. So it became Matt Mercer. But so, you know, it's, if you want to hear Troy Baker's Kanji, which is amazing, you want to play the PlayStation 2 version of Persona 4. It's, so there are like little things you can do. Okay. Uh, well, I think with that, I think that's a good place to end our discussion of Resident Evil 4 and remakes and move on to our final segment of the show, the bonus level. A look ahead to gaming anniversaries, one-on-one debates, and weekly highlights. Here's this week's bonus level. And kicking off the bonus level, we've got this week in gaming history. Here's what happened in the past from April 10th to 16th. Starting off on the 10th, 
in 2020, Square Enix gave us the Final Fantasy VII Remake for the PlayStation oh, yeah. 4 in North America. Yeah. The hype for that was next level. It was a great game, and later this year, Rebirth comes out for PlayStation 5. The second part of the FF7 Remake Trilogy. Jesus. <laughs> it's probably going to end with Aerith getting stabbed. What? Aerith gets stabbed? I know. What? Well, here's the thing. I feel like that's how it's like gonna end, but then at the end of the game, Zack Fair catches up with the group and saves her. Because in the remakes, Zack Fair's alive! Yeah, somehow. what the hell? Like, yeah. they really just took like the fundamental launch point for Final Fantasy VII and went, Nope. Well, McCloud <laughs> believes he. Well, no, but Cloud believes he's dead. It's because they messed with all those fucking time fuckers and yeah, yeah. And they altered the timeline slightly, and it's like I think that's what's gonna happen. Is like they're gonna get us. Re- they're gonna get us prepared for Eris' death, and then just as Sephiroth's coming down, Zack Fair's the one who saves her. And then that would that's be pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie. That that I would think be that's sick. how that game will end. So. Uh, predictions now, Nomura, I think I have your number, finally. Finally, after all the Kingdom Hearts bullshit you put me through, I think I finally have it down. Uh, <coughs> on the 11th, 1992, Nintendo released the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in the UK for £149. On the 12th, 1994, Acclaim released Mortal Kombat 2 for the Sega 32X in North America. On the 13th, 1992, Nintendo released The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past for the Super NES in North America. Such a good game. On the 14th, 2004, Microsoft released a special edition Xbox bundle with the Halo video game in North America. The system came in a bright translucent green case instead of the standard black. 200,000 packages were available, priced at $169 US dollars. On the 15th, 1997, Disney Interactive laid off about 20% of its workforce, ending in-house production of video games. And on the 16th in 1990, Nintendo filed for copyright infringement suits in the U.S. and Canada against retailers and distributors accused of selling counterfeit video game cartridges. Uh, That's the week in review. And now we get on to a brand new segment here in the bonus level. Head to head, two games enter. One game leaves. A little bit of a, a debate show of which one deserves it over the other. And uh, we got God of War, the, the what was it, 2016, 2018 remake? I believe it's 2018. I believe I screwed up that date, uh, to be fair. I, I think that was, uh, yeah, it was 2018 for sure. I just confirmed it. So that was me screwing up earlier, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's God of War versus God of War Ragnarok. Which one deserves it, Matt? Man, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is a hard one. Because like, oh my God, they're both so, so good. I'm going to give it to God of War Ragnarok. And the reason I'm giving it to God of War Ragnarok is because it had more gods. The story for God of War 2018, I think, is stronger. 
and the reason why the story for God of War 2018, I think, is stronger is because it's extraordinarily focused. The story for God of War 2018 is you've got your one bad guy, Balder, and um, it's all about you trying to survive uh, this one unstoppable enemy. You know, Balder, he's invincible, he's immortal. How the hell do you deal with this? And there was this terrific, terrific, um, you know, story-based uh, emotional pang of Kratos really growing as a father with his son. So story-wise, I think God of War 2018 takes it. But as a whole experience in God of War 2018, or pardon me, in God of War Ragnarok, I think it wins because you've got all the bosses who are so much fun to fight. Thor is an amazing boss to fight. Odin is an amazing boss to fight. Heimdall is an amazing boss to fight. Um, plus, there's you fight Fenrir and you fight uh, the Needhog, and there's all the Berserkers and all the new Valkyries. There's a tag team Valkyrie boss fight, which is sick. There's segments of the game where you get to play as Atreus and go on his own little adventures and and use his powers, which is a lot of fun. So I think as an as an actual gameplay experience, as a mechanical experience, I think God of War Ragnarok takes it. If it was just on merits of story, I put it towards God of War 2018. But man, the God of War Ragnarok is so 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 good. And that's to say, the the story for God of War Ragnarok is really good. It's not much worse than 2018, but. Yeah, I think God of War Ragnarok takes takes the cake. It's God, that was a hard one, man. Screw you. <laughs> that was well, hard. I ha- I, knowing you, you are like basically a literal Viking. It's true. Yeah, with at this point, with this at this point in time, so it's like yeah, like, I gotta give you it. Like you got no, that's over fair with these my games a lot, so it's like I gotta make it, I gotta make it hard. Yeah, with my hair and my beard, and literally, I'm sitting <laughs> in my apartment right now looking at my one-to-one scale replica of Mjolnir from God of War Ragnarok. I have Mjolnir. So, you know, like I'm, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With that, we move on to another brand new segment here in the bonus level, the deals of the week. Here's some things that you should be aware of uh, in the video game store world. First off, Dying Light Enhanced Edition is currently free on the Epic Game Store until April 13th. So if you want, a major, a massive game where you get to parkour and kill zombies. Pick it up. It's I recently still a good played game. it. I recently played it on PS4 with my buddy, and it is exceptional. It's so much fun. It's so so much fun. So if it's free, yeah, get it immediately. Get it. Uh, also on the Epic Game Store, the spring sale is on until the twentieth, up to seventy five percent off on a lot of games. So take advantage of that while you can. And the PlayStation Spring Sale is on until the 26th of April. So because PlayStation Plus isn't all that great still, check there for a couple uh, games that uh, are not on that system yet. Uh, We usually won't cover any Xbox sales because legit, they put everything on Games Pass. So this is your episode-ly reminder. If you don't have Games Pass yet, get Games Pass. Your achievement of the week is in Meet Your Maker. The floor is lava, Don't, which is to not touch the ground for 60 seconds. 
And the game of the week is Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. And we get to end things off with another brand new segment, the guest game recommendation. Matt, what game do you recommend our audience play? I'm going to recommend one that I have been playing myself recently. I picked this up recently on sale. I have been playing through Fire Emblem Three Hopes. The latest, yeah, the latest entry in the Fire Emblem Warriors franchise. Fire Emblem Three Hopes is a alternate timeline for Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, If you like the Dynasty Warriors style of combat, which I love, I love Hyrule Warriors, Dynasty Warriors, Gundam Dynasty Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors. I love those games. Samurai Warriors. So if you like that, you're going to want to pick it up. If you like Fire Emblem, it's worth picking up because, like I said, it's an alternate timeline for three houses. So you play as all your favorite characters from Fire Emblem Three Houses, but the story is different. All the characters have new character designs. They all look fantastic. And things go differently in a really interesting and unique way way so if you're a fan of fire emblem and if you're a fan of hack and slash games uh that have couch co-op and are a lot of fun fire emblem three hopes for the nintendo switch that's my recommendation all righty thank you for that matt and thank you for joining us on this week's episode of tony's game lounge thanks for having me man i uh, i really enjoyed uh, being on the show this was a lot of fun i was i'm glad to finally have you on where can we find you on the internet well, I'm uh, I'm pretty low key on social media, but if you want to follow uh, my, I do have a a main Twitter account. That account is uh, at McNaughton seven seventy. Uh, that is, I usually post stuff for work, but I'm starting to use it a little bit more often, and I might use it for gaming stuff, and I might use it for, you know, I like all kinds of nerd shit. I love Yu Gi Oh, and I love comic books and i collect action figures and i'm a big movie fan so uh you can follow me on twitter at mcnaughton 770 that's m-c-n-a-u-g-h-t-o-n 770 other than that i don't really have much to go off of so that's about it Alrighty, and of course you can find me everywhere we changed our twitter at we are now at tony's game lounge on twitter instagram twitch tiktok uh, twitch.tv slash Tony's Game Lounge and on YouTube Tony's Game Lounge we actually just released our very first ever YouTube video you should go watch it I climbed the Kugane Tower in Final Fantasy 14 go watch that video it's a heck of a time uh, and also be sure to like share follow the podcast anything I post on the social medias uh, tune into the Twitch streams. It just helps us grow and get reach even more people. Matt, thank you once again for coming on the podcast this week. Tony, thanks for having me, man. It was good stuff. If you're ever struggling to find a guest again, just let me know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode right back here in the Game Lounge. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like, share, and follow the podcast wherever you're listening. And follow Tony on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.